Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra, here today to recap a Chicago Red Stars loss, first loss of the 2021 season in the Challenge Cup. Red Stars struggling a bit to get their tournament going here. There's a lot to get into, some things that people might not like, and you know what? That's why we're here. We're here to talk about that stuff. So I'm joined today by my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, a.k.a. the Scam Originator. Claire, I can never do anything alone. That's why I'm here with you. How are you feeling today? <laughs> well, it's changing by the minute. So I, I got my second <laughs> shot this morning. Um, I'm doing all right. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm going to say that I'm feeling a little bit critical today. This is going to be maybe a criticism. This is going to be some criticism in this podcast. Out of love and attention and care. Um, but we're going to tell the truth. We're going to tell the truth today, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, we, uh, <laughs> when we started this podcast and we really went out, when I should refer, when we went out, when we really made the choice to go on this decision together, you know, a huge thing that we decided to do was like, make sure that what we're doing is very, um, very connected to the to the community, right? The larger Red Stars community. And uh, within that, that includes not just talking about uh, Chicago Red Stars soccer, which we're, we're going to get into that because there was some interesting, <laughs> some interesting soccer events that took place on the pitch. Um, but if you missed uh, last week's episode where we previewed the 0-0 draw against Houston Dash, uh, or where we recapped that and then previewed this match against Portland Thorns, we touched a little bit on the post-game incident involving Sarah Gordon and her boyfriend and family and friends. So uh, naturally, the days that followed that were a whirlwind. We talked about it on the on that episode. Please go back and listen to it if you need a uh, refresher about what we're discussing. Um, and before we moved further into this episode, uh, another added component that I wanted us to just sort of acknowledge at the at the bare minimum um, and semi touch on leading up to this game uh, was a very tragic event that has taken place in the city of Chicago. Uh, the city recently released footage of the death of uh, Adam Toledo, who's a 13 year old boy uh, shot by uh, Chicago police. And um, the uh, the reaction and the attention to that um, has been very, very high. And um, the city, uh, in light of the Chauvin trial happening, has already tried to take steps to what they consider is, uh, you know, protecting various assets of the community, um, which Claire and I have, you know, both share a mutual disagreement against those actions. And um, something like this, uh, that is directly impacts the city um, obviously was going to add to all of those already heightened tensions. So there's a lot of great reporting that is being done about this. Shout out to Black Club Chicago um, doing a lot of excellent reporting of this footage that has now been released. If you are not someone who wants to see that, I would recommend going to Black Club Chicago. Um, 
I have not brought myself to watch that footage, nor do I want to. And I am still very much informed because of their great reporting. So thank you to them and shout out to them. So in the days uh, following uh, the incident with Sarah Gordon uh, and her being targeted in a racialized incident, this footage got released as well. So there was a, a, a very... Uh, there was almost, it felt like a really big moment could potentially take place leading up to this game. And um, it was difficult. I know it was difficult for myself personally. I know it was difficult for Claire uh, as people who, um, you know, we're citizens of this city. We love this place very much. We go here. You hear me say that a lot. We go here. And um, it's, uh, it's tough. And it was tough to uh, get to the game on this night and it was uh tough to muster up any kind of energy to touch on that right now in the beginning of this podcast so i will just say that um you know our hearts are with the toledo family um we hope that the investigation that is ongoing uh can be resolved in a manner of justice for adam and his family and um i just want to encourage everyone out there to continue to um Put your support and your good energy around that. Um, community is bonding, and uh, that is something that we talk about a lot on this podcast. And um, I want to commend Chicago and the Red Stars uh, and the lead-up to their game. Um, they continued to support uh, Sarah Gordon, and uh, it was really nice to sort of see this very collective action that uh, took place in terms of solidarity leading up to the game. It looks like the players all wore um, t-shirts that said believe, protect, uh, believe, support, and protect black people. And um, it was a great collaborative effort um, that was sort of spearheaded with Sarah and uh, Chicago Red Star supporter group, Chicago Local 134. And uh, it was really great. There was just some, some backstory to that that we'd like to touch on because in all the sadness, we want to touch on some of the good stuff that happens within all of these really hard and tough moments. Um, but the shirts were this collaborative effort and so many of the supporters stepped up to sort of uh, help get these shirts made and printed. And um, they, were, they were so special that, um, you know, Sarah mentioned post-game that she might want to talk about making the shirts available and, um, you know, potentially selling them and, and helping to, to generate more funds for, for, for Hoodspace, her non-for-profit, which is, uh, which is really dope. Yeah. Um, very well said. The only thing, I mean, I don't have a lot to add other than, um, yeah, it felt, this is, this goes back to, and I think that my, my main feeling, my takeaway, whatever, is I think that even when you see what happened to Sarah or the controversy about the wording that the Portland Thorns used this week, or we talk about the fines that were given out. We're not going to talk about the fines. That's league stuff. We're talking about the Chicago Red Stars. Um, and things, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be addressed. And there are a lot of people who need to be held accountable for a lot of things. Um, but I think what Sarah does so well is she's always really good at the, this is why I kneel message. And she brought that up when she talked about what happened to her and her boyfriend, Mike in Houston, she has been active on her social media talking about what happened in Chicago. And it always comes back to that. 
these are the reasons why the kneeling happens. And we need to always be careful for me, especially as a white person, not to derail that conversation in getting into the, the acts or the symbolism or, or whatever. It's about the reasons why the kneeling happens and how do we be allies in making that better in addition to supporting the players in their activism. And so I think that, um, I think that the shirts were great. I think that that's the first time we've seen the entire red stars team do, uh, a separate action themselves. The whole league wore black lives matter shirts and armbands at the challenge cup. Um, some members of Chicago, I think wore, um, some of the names of victims of police brutality on the backs of their training jerseys last year. This was, I think, the first time we've seen the whole roster, the whole roster that was there, rally around. They really rallied around Sarah. And I think that that's important. That's an important thing. And I think that it's important to note that it was facilitated by Chicago Local 134. They were collaborative in the design of the shirt making sure that those shirts were paid for, making sure that they got to the team in time. Um, I think that's good because the thought, the thought that I keep having, and, and I don't know if we're going to go in too much about Chicago making the choice not to play the national anthem, but you know, Chicago from day one famously was not able to give a unified visual of solidarity. And therefore the conversations around this team have been fraught, but honest, ugly and honest. And I don't know what or when things get better, but we're getting closer to kind of the truth and the reality. And it's from that place that I hope that the team can move forward. And so making the choice not to play the national anthem is one that I imagine is a choice that comes from the honesty that they can't control what happens when the anthem is played. Good. Recognize that. Deal with it. And then also this idea of we need to be doing this other thing to support our player. It can't just be participating in these larger league-wide initiatives. Good. Do more. Be comfortable with it. Put yourself out there. And so, you know, it's not my place to say what's good and what's bad and what's enough and what's necessary because none of it is right. But we are watching this team kind of figure this out in real time and they do some really great stuff and they mess up sometimes. And I think it's, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy to see all of it, I guess, because it gets us closer to dealing with reality and, and moving forward in a better way, I think. Absolutely. I mean, it was you and I both agreed that it was definitely a different energy leading up to this. I mean, there's there's a certain type of uh, game day energy that happens when you're heading to that first home match. Right. And some of it was there. Um, we talked about like the good thing that happened was that we all got to see each other and right. exchange hugs because we're we have been uh, navigating this pandemic pretty pretty uh pretty closely and adhering to a lot of strict strict things and um shout out to our boy john d halloran who has been fully vaxxed for some time yeah me get, uh, us getting our second vaccination so we were excited to um hug appropriately with masks and um it was nice uh, because we definitely needed some some comfort um before that kickoff and there were there were some small 
um, rumblings that we had been hearing whether or not the anthem would have been played. And, um, you know, the organization went ahead and opted not to do that. And, um, you know, I think it was a good choice, you know, if we're if we're putting ourselves on the record in, in terms of our opinions of things. So I think it was a good choice. And um, it was nice to see that, you know, Portland didn't, you know, make a big stink about that either. That was real nice to do. That was some true solidarity. And uh, the uh, collective taking of a knee, you know, ahead of kickoff uh, for, for both teams continued. And that was important, too. So, um, yeah, shout out to to the leaders who continue to move things like Sarah. Go ahead, Claire. Just I, I do want to before we go on I, a word of warning, maybe to the people listening. I think the anthem's probably going to come back when there are fans in the stadium. Just I, I don't think that this was necessarily a forever sort of a deal. I think that. It was highlighted kind of how maybe ridiculous it was to play the anthem to an empty stadium during the fall series. Chicago, as I understand it, decided not to participate in the anthem when it was played in Houston. So that is a choice that Chicago made because the only people who would be affected by that are the players. And we know why the players might not want that being played when they allow fans back in. I don't know. So I just wanted to put that in there as well, because I don't want to misconstrue or or make anybody think that we think that this is a, f- a big forever deal. Cause I'm not yeah. sure that that is exactly the case. No, that's an excellent point to make. Yeah. Which is why I'll just reemphasize. I think for now on this day on that right. night, it was a good choice to make because exactly. it was exactly. a choice to make. Right. Um, right. And we'll, you know, we'll be there to cover it and see what happens um, in the future of that, but yes, uh, shout out to all the players for um, extending and rallying their support behind their teammate and Sarah Gordon um, throughout the duration of this week, leading up to the match. Um, shout out to all of them taking any before kickoff. Um, follow the leaders of this team. They're really, really important. Sarah Gordon is is one of them. She's a visible leader of this team in, in everything that she does and her action on and off the pitch. And um, yeah, like she said in, in, in her postgame tweets, you know, that she was excited for the, you know, for um, all of the support uh, that happened and the shirts. And she's already trying to think ahead. And, um, you know, there's a there's a direct line. There's a direct correlation between all of these things that impact these players off the pitch, all the way onto the pitch. And she said that her heart was with Adam Toledo and his family and that it was a very, very tough night to get through. So um, with that, we're going to try to get through this game like we tried to get through it last night. It's a loss. First loss of the Challenge Cup. Coming off of a 0-0 draw, Red Stars are still finding themselves scoreless, Claire. It's tough. It's real, real tough. Uh, We had both in the preview thought that maybe, just maybe, this might have... uh, played out to perhaps another scoreless draw, but it didn't. It almost did. It almost did. It almost did. To credit to them, right? I guess it almost did. But uh, to just hop right into it, like we always do, we're going to go ahead and break down these these starting lineups. We'll start with the guests first. Uh, Portland went ahead and lined up as followed on this day. They had uh, 80 French and net, Madison Pogarch, Kelly Hubley, shout out to the Chicagoland kid, Uh, Natalia Kuika. Am I missing that up, Claire? I couldn't tell you. Well, all right. We'll just move on. Kristen Westfall, Megan Klingenberg, Rocky Rodriguez, Celeste Bure, Morgan Weaver, Marissa Everett, and Tyler Lucy to round out their top line. Uh, Claire, I'm not going to front. When I saw this top line and I saw this starting 11, I said, man, Morgan Weaver, you're not even supposed to be there, girl. Yeah. I mean, oh boy, yeah. I mean, they did rescind that red card. She was free free to play on Thursday. Um play she did. It, she was a weapon that they otherwise would not have had, huh? Yeah. I know we were also looking at um, 
Rocky Rodriguez ahead of this match. We're I know we're both mutual fans of her and, and what she brings to the pitch and to the league. Um, but yeah, I mean, even even without um, even without without those sort of really big big name players for the Thorns, I think we're looking at a starting lineup and we're pointing to players that we know can have an impact on a game like this on a cold night in Bridgeview, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that my thought looking at that lineup was, you know, I'm not entirely sure what this team can do, um, but they still have those some of those dynamic pieces. You have Rodriguez, you have Megan Klingenberg back in the midfield. Aidy Franch, you really can't discount the presence that she brings to the team. Um, and then, yeah, Weaver up top, because Tyler Lucy, like, I don't think Tyler Lucy is a bad player at all. Um, in fact, I think that she does a good job of being available when other people are trying to play make, but she's not going to make something on her own, you know? So yeah, it was kind of like the Houston game where I'm like, yeah, you know, I think that because the club is so organized and everyone on the team has a clear vision of what they want to do, I don't think this is going to be an easy game, but I don't know exactly who it is that that beats Chicago. I'm going to, you know, it turned out to be one particular player. Um, oh, but also, I mean, like we'll get into this Chicago beat Chicago. It's, it's, I think it's tough for us at this point to look at these starting 11s. You look at Chicago starting 11s versus Houston's, or you look at Chicago starting 11s versus uh, Portland's and yes, they are playing an opponent and the opponent is trying to execute their game plan. But Chicago's issues right now are because what Chicago is doing is not working. And so it's a different, it's kind of a separate issue from who they're playing against because the good news actually about this idea of players coming back is I don't think, I just don't think that even with players coming back, that other teams are going to start like raining goals on Chicago. That's not going to happen. The games are going to be probably, it's going to be a different quality, but very similar score wise or XG wise to what we've seen in the first two games. That's not going to change. The thing that's not working for Chicago, though, <laughs> is different than that. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. So I would say that and this played out. This is like hindsight in 2020. Um, hindsight is 2020. Like Portland got their shot and they took it and good for them. But this was not like capital P, capital T, the Portland Thorns. No, not at all. Um yeah, like I said, we could point to, to certain players on that 11 and be like, oh, like this player might cause some right, trouble right. in a 1v1 matchup or this player might have an impact later. But, um, you know, you still you still know who the Thorns are when they're at full strength. And right. um, you, I think that's why we had the vibe. We we're like, maybe this could be like kind of another kind of grounded out, ugly type of match. And then right. for the on the Red Star side of things, yeah, also missing a few players. We know that they're missing those big three in Nair, Ertz, and uh, Davidson. And, uh, you know, those are not off really super offensive <laughs> players. Um, but we did have a little bit of question marks, like how maybe the starting lineup was going to look like just because of the injury report that was released, essentially. Uh, we knew that Kayla Sharples was going to be out due to just some COVID protocols. And uh, we had maybe assumed that somebody like Zoe Morse would get a shot in there. So we were a little curious as to how it was going to look. And, and there were some pleasant, pleasant surprises, I think, for Chicago <laughs> and their yeah. uh, starting 11 when we took a look at that. And they lined up as followed on the pitch. They had Cassie Miller and Nett, Aaron Wright, Sarah Gordon, Casey Cruder, and Tatum Malazzo rounding out the back line. Shout out to the uh, Chicagoland center back duo for the evening in Kruger and Gordon. 
Morgan Gautreaux, Danny Colaprico, Sarah Wolmo, Vanessa DiBernardo rounding out that midfield, and Kalia Watt and Mackenzie Doniak in uh, the forwards. Kind of a bit of a 4-4-2 vibe. That was uh, a little bit interesting there. Well, I wondered with all those midfield how 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 maybe that would look, and uh, it's it was an interesting adjustment to say the least. I think coming out of that Houston game into this Portland game, hit me. Well, it ended up not being a four four two at all. So like you're looking at the list and you think, okay, so like what they have one center back on the field <laughs> and three outside backs and four midfielders, yeah, and two forwards. It was so funny trying to break it down in the press. I was like four 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 two. Yeah. So what it ended up being four one four one. Like yeah, like it's two, two two. Like I I don't know. I had no idea. So what it ended up being was you had Sarah Gordon, Casey Kruger, just straight up. That's your center back pairing. Casey Kruger played center back. Yep. Um. You had Aaron Wright on the left side, and then you had Tatum Malazzo, Tatum Malazzo on the right side. Um. So that actually ended up being a little bit more quote unquote normal than maybe what when you look at that list and you're like, what is that? Just, just Casey Krieger played center back. It's fine. Um, but the midfield you're like, Oh, four, four, two vibes. No, actually Vanessa Bernardo played right wing. You got to end that wing, that yeah. wing play. So it was a four, three, three. You had Colaprico is the six. Waldmo is the eight. Gatra is the 10. And then you had, uh, Di Bernardo playing right forward, Doniak in the middle, Watt on the left. And I was like, I don't think that's where those people go. But <laughs> honestly, I thought Di Bernardo did fine though. I think she did just fine out there. Um it was I, have some- one, I have one main issue with with her play, but we'll get into that in the larger offensive conversation. But yeah, she like got up up in there, you know. It was almost like some real uh it was almost like some real like Red Stars throwback, like watching yeah, right, that's exactly. a Di Bernardo play on the wing. Yeah. Or the team it was like, oh, okay, well, we're just we're just trying it all. We're vibing. Like, we're like super vibing. Yeah. Challenge Cup is just no no tactics, just vibes. Yep. <laughs> like that's just what we're gonna be doing. Start this off. Um yeah, so let's uh let's get into this. We we were having some fun taking a look at that, uh taking a look at the starting elevens for both Portland in Chicago in the press box and we were like four like that's a lot of midfielders like they can do four four two like it, I was like four four one four one like what like what's going on here uh you know and <laughs> credit to the Red Stars they uh they were hosting their their first home match of the Challenge Cup and uh you know they they came out on the front foot right away to be honest uh, you know I think the, the first five minutes or so of that match it was they were they were connecting you know and they were getting their passes in um, Mackenzie Doniak right away wanted to like let the thorns know that she was going to be active a bit in the final third uh, really had an early shot and, you know, saved. It was fairly easy save for, for someone like French, but still it's, you're getting a shot on target to sort of start off your half. And um, naturally the thorns uh, noticed that right away and kind of came back with a attempt of their own Um Good play from Everett, I thought, for the Thorns in, in this in this match. Um, she was almost fed Weaver through on um on an early goal themselves, but that was ruled offside. Um, but yeah, just um, there was I think maybe in that opening fifteen minutes for the Red Stars. Again, a lot of good ideas, and what they were doing, I think, 
you and I kind of agree. Well, it wasn't necessarily like we weren't looking at it and being like, this is bad soccer, but we were looking at it like, okay, so this is like building rhythm. You're establishing your tempo. Now, where are you going with it? And what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, the way I would describe it is, and this is, this is a first half, I, you know, kind of isolating the first half because I think that Chicago comprehensively outplayed the thorns in the first half. They were in the driver's seat the whole time. I don't think Kruger or Gordon had anything that looked too scary on them. I thought that, you know, Malazzo was up for it, which is great. Um, They were in control. The Thorns came out a little bit slow. They didn't really push in that first half. Absolutely. Um, And they're missing some of their pacier players, too. They're not that fast. No one on that pitch. The fastest person on that field last night was Sarah Gordon, and it was not close at all. Um, So it was kind of a slow game, just like literally a slow game. But – So my issue with Chicago right now, and I don't know what you do with this exactly, is that they're in a they're in this very particular kind of cycle of their good things that they do being immediately negated by the things that they're struggling with. And so instead of having the good things like be productive in a way or like sneak things or or get in a scrum or whatever, and and you poke one in. In fact, their quality is, is the stuff that happens in the buildup and then it gets squandered very quickly. And so it's a tough place to be because you're watching them and you're like, there is a lot of quality here, but whenever they move to actually get the ball near the goal, that's what they're struggling at. And specifically what I want to highlight there is this play on the wings. So DiBernardo on the white right and Watt on the left, they both had a great first half. They were winning those 1v1 battles. Um, I thought the interplay between DiBernardo and Gatra, like I, that was like, oh, I'm just glad I'm here to see it. Cause like some of that interplay was really cool. Very like mind meldy. Um, but when those players get end line and they send balls in, they're just whipping crosses in, in the air. Um, Chicago crossed the ball 34 times in this game. They only landed eight of them. They have essentially turned their offense into a Chicago red stars corner kick. Every attack is like a corner kick. And we all know that they're not very good at those. And so what I'm struggling with a little bit is I'm like, okay, so you put Di Bernardo on the wings. She's actually doing great out there. She's a great one V one on the ball player but she's sending balls in, in the air from the right wing. And you know, that's not going to work. So what's the goal is the goal to have it kind of work. And maybe you get a lucky rebound is the goal to like, look like you're doing offense without actually doing offense. Like what is the plan? And what we saw a lot of times was the ball was in Portland's box quite a bit, but it was just never that dangerous. And yeah, it was frustrating to see yeah, them spend yeah. a significant amount of time in that final third and just yeah, like yeah. not have a lot of answers. Right. Honestly. And they did. They did. They had, they closed out, you know, and again, it's, I'm thinking back to that Houston game. They closed out their first half, like statistically, like winning that statistical battle. Right. Like once, once again. Yeah. Um. So this is their second consecutive game where they have numbers to look at. Right. Yeah. Um, and nothing to really show for it. Um, I'll chop Portland in the first half, six to three, you know, three shots on target is zero. They did not win their duels. 
Portland. Shockingly, you're not going to do that against Portland. You're just shockingly, not. Just, yeah. 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 In, in case you don't go here, yeah. Uh, Portland likes to duel. <laughs> yeah, they're great. And uh, sometimes uh, Chicago loses those, and it happens. But you know that was maybe like the one statistical area that they lost out on against Portland in this first right. half. Yeah. So it left that first half let again similar to Houston left a lot to be desired. I see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh maybe the the thought that I'm having like as we're talking is yeah. you know, I keep going back to I said this to Sandra before we started. I was like this like reminds me of we got so frustrated watching Australia play in the 2019 World Cup where you're watching them and it's just like do you know who your strikers are? Like do you know what the strengths of your forwards are because it seems like the way that you're playing is not playing to those strengths. And when you look at Chicago, I'm like, maybe they literally don't know what their strikers, uh, what the way that they play is. So you go back to that basic idea of, of winning balls in the air or whipping it in and trying to get that kind of volley, half volley. Cause I, you know, you look at Katie Johnson, I think we actually do know what Katie Johnson's strengths are, but it's not that kind of flip shot sort of a thing. Mackenzie Doniak is a still less of a known property and none of them have been able to play against professional teams for a long time. So I don't know. Does Vanessa DiBernardo know exactly the best way to feed a ball to Mackenzie Doniak? I don't know. Um, and so that that's, I think that's an interesting development, which is that when you see a team go into that basic sort of attacking style and like props to Chicago, they were not going route one. It was not route one. It was possess get the ball out to the wings, send it in. But that's its own little, you know, basic idea. Maybe it's because they just really have not fine-tuned either what they want, like, the Chicago Red Stars to look like, or they don't know how to play to the strengths of the people that they do have. And so they're just kind of caught in the middle of those two things. Perhaps. Maybe. I mean, I mean I'm just spitballing. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, yeah. I know we're two games in, but I don't think yeah. that that's unfair. I don't think that that's unfair of a position to, to bring up when we're talking about this team at all. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I think it's, I think that's being kind to the team. Cause you look yeah, at someone like that, Donnie, actually was out of market for a long time. You know, I don't know. Maybe that's like a very valid, those yeah. are all very valid points yeah. to, to bring up. I mean, cause it's like, we're talking about a team that's coming off of the 2020. Right. Like, I mean, and all teams are coming off of this 2020, right. Where well, there's a there was a limited window of games um, for the red stars and um, a big, big, huge part of, of their narrative coming out of that was like, what, what's, what's going on. Right. with the goals, you know, like what's happening with your attack. And, you know, here we are like two games into this challenge cup in 2021 and like still don't have a lot of answers, you know? Right. Um, so going into the second half, um, again, a lot of good ideas for Chicago. Didn't think that we were going to see substitutions to shake things up in the second half at all. This is um, not a team that typically does that. Um, the starting 11 usually gets some time to figure it out. And uh, we didn't see that for Chicago. We did see an early sub um, for Portland um, by their band. So Rocky Rodriguez came came off. She had been carrying a little bit of a lingering right foot injury into this match. So who knows if that was uh, planned or not. But but she came off at halftime, and Angela Salem uh, came in, who was uh, another great veteran <laughs> midfielder. So wasn't I don't want to say it was a completely like for like, but you're not losing too much when you're losing a player like Rocky and you're bringing uh, somebody like Angela Salem in. So the thorns to their credit because i had been paying attention to like the live stats um at the time of this game uh but 
they made some adjustments of their own coming out of halftime, and yeah, um, yeah. they definitely look like the team that was on the front foot to start off the second half. Absolutely. Uh, talking about how the Red Stars had closed out that first half with six shots, by by the time the 15th minute approached, in by the time the um, 15 minutes had passed in the second half, Portland had already leveled that. Yep. They had already leveled it. They had already like matched Chicago with shots. They had already had, um, you know, a number of looks uh, in the final third, getting into dangerous spaces in Chicago's uh, final third, uh, having players like Everett and Lucy get more involved than they already were, perhaps maybe in that first half, um, and getting more physical, unshockingly, you know, shout out to Westfall. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Getting getting the, you know, they didn't like that Kalia Watt was beating them one on one. So they were going to make her work a little bit harder. Yeah, there was there was a little bit of jawing going on in the game about the ref a little bit. Um, there were there were some choice words being a empty stadium. You can hear all of them. But uh, yeah, you know, I think the match was officiated fine. It seemed like an NWSL game where some stuff got let go. And I was like, really? And then you're just kind of like, well, I hope that both of these teams stay calm because if they wanted to escalate this, they could. Um, but both teams, Chicago, you know, in Portland, Chicago doesn't really get into a ton of fights. They're not, they're not that kind of a team. But um, yeah, so Portland comes in, you know, you pick, you pick, it's, it's 42 degrees. You're on the road. It's six days since the last time you played. I talked about this with the Houston game. You pick your window to go for it. And Portland really went for it for a minute, uh, 45 to 65. And they got that goal, like 61, something like that. Um, Just just after the hour mark. Just after the, yeah, just after the hour mark. And I think Chicago wasn't necessarily, I was not saying they weren't prepared for it. Isn't quite right. But I think that they were struggling to match that energy. Um, I thought that ball that hit the crossbar was going in. I thought that that yeah. was about to go in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think but, she yeah. also, I think she also might've been offside. And that was actually another thing too, that assistant ref on the right side. Um, Weird. there were three or four like handballs, <laughs> handballs, incidental yeah. handballs that were not called. And I get it. Cause I'm like, well, yeah, this doesn't really affect the play, but it was a handball. And so they were letting a lot go. Um, and, and the ref was that play, that particular play that hit the crossbar, the ref was significantly behind the play. So I don't think he was in a position to even call offside if she offside. had been. Yeah. So I was like, that was Lucy, yeah, Lucy with the, uh, the post. Yeah. And yeah. so that, and so that kind of, that was a little bit of like a lightning strike into the match in terms of energy and Portland really responded to that because it was really against the run of play. Yeah. Chicago was trying to put Portland to sleep and Portland hit that crossbar and they woke up a little bit. Yeah. And it definitely rejuvenated them for sure. Yeah. And so I think that that made a difference. And I think also it was frustrating to watch. I was standing next to John and I was just like, Oh my God, this they're, they're, this, they're giving this game up. This game is going the wrong way right now. Yep. And, um, It's hard because basically when that kind of things happens, everybody knows that soccer is a game of momentum. You have to weather the storm. And, man, they got beat. I don't even – I'm not even that mad at Casey Kruger about that goal. That was a really nice ball in from Celeste Bure. Weaver was on her hip. She flipped her. She and it was almost was like it was almost just like unsurprising at that point. Yeah, I mean, we're talking and, about that like yeah. post bar shot or that crossbar shot that comes yeah. out from you know ever to Lucy, and they get in the Red Stars get lucky. You know yeah, the post right. actually comes through for them right. <laughs> on this initial. Exactly. Yeah, right. The post actually comes through for them on this initial uh, you know goal attempt, and um, saves them. You know, but we're talking about the fifty second minute all the yeah. way to the sixty sixth minute when this goal actually happens, right. and that. You know, that stretch of time there 
where we saw the momentum completely shift Mm -hmm. in Portland's favor and Chicago struggling to disrupt that and sort of try to regain that and get that back, you know? And again, we're, we got to touch on these, these very unsuccessful crosses. Like we're bringing them up for a reason folks, because in this stretch of time, this goal that occurs for Portland comes, you know, against everyone because it comes off of a corner uh, piece for, for the Red Stars, you know, they, they won a corner, you know, again, in this game during the second half, you know, the Red Stars failed to do anything with it because they're not great on corner or set pieces. And Bruray just has the presence of mind to get on the ball after it's defended away and feed Morgan Weaver. And she just has acres of space in front of her. So she goes, one v one with Kruger and they hold hands all the way right to the yeah. box. Skip, you know? Skipping they, <laughs> exactly. They hold hands yeah. all the way into the box and um a striker is gonna shoot. Yeah. And yeah. so and Weaver, she almost missed it actually. Weaver yeah. shot and this time the post did not save yeah. the Red Stars. And Nick's it, you know, it beats Cassie Miller because it beats Cassie Miller. It just did. You got to call it like you see it. Cassie yep, Miller yep. wasn't in a position to try to do something with this attempt. She bless her. She tried. She got in position. She had time to do it and she didn't make the save. And um, it gets past her and it nicks the post, goes in, and it dribbles into the into the net and the thorns are up. One zero. Yeah. And that's a good point about it coming off of a corner kick. Oh, you know that Rory Dames is so mad about that. But um. The other thing that they were doing, and I don't know if you could really tell this, this was actually one of the points of contentions with the ref too, is what was Chicago doing on their goal kicks? They, I don't know. It's like they were trying to play it short. So they didn't have Miller kicking them. They had Danny Colaprico standing right next to Miller on their goal kicks and playing it short. And I think two or three times the ball landed right to a Thorns player. Um, in trying to work that out of the back. And I was like, you are playing with fire here. No idea. What and that I don't know if Miller is, car- maybe Miller is carrying something that didn't make the injury report. So we've seen that in the past where a keeper, you have to play them because they are your best available keeper, but maybe they've got a slight groin injury or something. So they can't kick it as far. Um, I don't know if this was like a drill that they were <laughs> running. I don't know. It was weird. And, and I know. This maybe goes back to this is maybe my final point about this game is that I am not accusing the players of this at all. I am only just talking about what I felt. There were no fans there, right? It was very cold. It felt kind of like a fall series game in a way. Uh, Chicago didn't have all the pieces that they wanted. They're still working out this attacking system, all this sort of stuff. But this game mattered. It probably decided the group. Maybe. I mean, hopefully decided the group. We don't even know if Chicago is going to beat Kansas City or O.L. Reign. But this game really did matter in terms of whatever trophies are available to Chicago this year. And I did not see a team playing like they had to win this game. And that concerns me a little bit. I guess maybe, you know, Challenge Cup preseason tournament, they are not the only team taking that approach. But what I worry about and this might not come to pass at all. What I worry about is that Chicago has all of the great hopes and expectations as anybody else going into these different segments of the season. So you have the challenge cup, you have the regular season, you have the women's cup, which we found out this week that they're playing either Bayern Munich or Paris Saint-Germain. You have 
the shield and the in the in the national championship and the NWSL championship. I worry that we're going to get a lot of explanations for why this year isn't the year. And I think that at this point, man, I worry and I'm going to I'm just going to say it, a team that kind of turned into this is OL Reign where they had something like a spark to them, a very particular thing to this team and teams didn't like playing them and teams, uh, you know, it was contentious. It was fiery. They won games. They were in contention for stuff. Right. And then over time that whittled down into a team that is very good, but I'm not sure who is scared of OL rain. And my fear for Chicago at this moment is that they're walking down that path as well. And maybe that's good enough. You know, I don't know. I mean, I I'm trying to be completely transparent and honest as a person who says game day coverage of this team. I don't know what's going to happen this season, but I was disappointed by what we saw last night. Yeah. I think I, I I'm in agreement with you. I'm not going to disagree on that there. I mean, I know we, um, a lot of times, you know, on this podcast and in games like this, um, when we break them down, we try to find those silver linings and hang a hat on them and right. um, try to highlight them as things to work on. These are also my fears. I'm not predicting uh, anything. Yeah. No, but I don't think that they're, again, I don't think that it's uh, unfair yeah. to sort of bring up those perspectives. Um, you know, the way this game closed out, well, just just, just to, just to yeah, really yeah, fully sure. close the the door on it. You know, they, they went down that goal and... Um, to the coaching staff's credit, they made immediate substitutions, right? Yeah. So, like, we had Katie Johnson, you know, come in, Rachel Hill uh, come in, and they each replaced Waldmo and, and Malazzo. Attacking subs. push, push brought subs. on attacking yes. substitutions yes. to try to chase after this game. Yes. Whether it was to find that equalizer to not drop points at all or to shockingly shock the world and then get a result. Um, you know, but – the Thorns also knew what kind of game they were playing and they also knew what kind of team they were playing against. And they said, okay, well, we're going to bring in Emily Mangas because we're fine beating you 1-0. Yep. So all of these substitutions, you know, occurred at the same time. And it was like, okay, well, let's roll the dice and see what happens. And um, Katie Johnson, again, to her credit, um, was very active on the, on, on yeah, the ball um, for the team uh, in the final third and the, in the final 20 minutes that she was able to play um, was chasing a lot, had a couple of attempts, um, that looked kind of, kind of, you know, maybe a little bit scary for Freddie French, um, you know. But it just, it just wasn't. The urgency was there, but it, it, yeah, it just yeah. again, just the. I mean, we're talking all the way down to stoppage time. Like yeah. Katie Johnson had another shot again in stoppage time, you know, and uh, um, bringing somebody in like Nikki Stanton to maybe try to boss up the midfield mm -hmm. a little bit, you know, as they knew they were going to go chasing, you know, you got to try to push some other people out of the way. And uh, I thought, I thought Stanton had some good distribution as well mm -hmm. in this match um, in the sort of final 15 uh, that she was able to play. But um, with all of the added stoppage time, there was about five minutes uh, just, just wasn't there. It just yeah. wasn't the, it just didn't pan out for the red stars. Um, I, it was a game where we saw them control the first half and then really kind of try to make something happen in the final 15. 
And uh, it just, they're just walking away with another second consecutive game in a row where they just don't have A, goals to show for it, but B, no points at all um, for any type of result. So um, when you're looking at the Challenge Cup as a whole and the narrative going into the season, which we've, you know, we have been a part of the media availabilities for this team leading up to this, and the storylines that you're presenting to the public and the media that cover you are that you want to go chasing after every single piece of hardware that is available for you this year. And then the first two games are like this. You're kind of scratching your head like, well, maybe this game in particular, because we're looking at just the Challenge Cup. You got to play all these other teams once. So there's about four games that you have a chance to pick up points and you picked up one in the last two. I don't, I'm in agreement with you, Claire. I don't know how you don't circle this one on the, on the calendar and say, we got to win this. Yeah. And then it only really looked and felt <laughs> like for about 60 minutes that maybe that could have happened. Right, right. So there's a lot of uh, unanswered questions still, you know, and people are going to be like, oh, well, they can't score. There's problems on the offense. They're going to get better. Like, this is the other thing. We know this about them. Yeah. They're a slow starting team. They're a slow starting team. That's going what they to do. improve. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like we've been covering this team for too long. Right. We know how this works with Chicago. Um, and I do believe that goals are going to come yeah, eventually yeah. for this team too. And, and there's, you know, maybe there's people are like, well, what do you got to do? How do you figure, how do you get the offense clicking and stuff like that? Well, you got to get the goals, right. And eventually it'll like get contagious and happen. Um, you know, and, and I think there's also like that uh, perception of like, you know, well, is there another like, forward? Who's going to be that? Who's going to be that target forward? Who's going to be the person to sort of have that killer instinct for the red stars? Because they have this sort of platoon of forwards. Right. I don't know if like, pundits will take a look at this forward core and say, you know, boom, that's the one, that's the one that's going to eat you up on game day. And um, sh- we can also say that, you know, Hey, somebody like Mal Pugh is yeah. unavailable right. and working her way back from injury and is eventually going to be available off the bench. And on the other hand, Mallory Pugh is on the bench working her way back from an injury and unavailable. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like this catch-22 for somebody like, like uh, with Mel Pugh. So it's just kind of like, um, it, it, again, it, it's a game that uh, I'm sure they're, they're disappointed in. We, you know, Claire, if you want to touch a little bit on the post game um, for folks uh, who might have missed out on that for the media availability. Yeah, I mean, I think... Um, I mean, they were, they were unhappy with it. Uh, the availability was Danny Colaprico, Tana Malazzo, and, and obviously Rory Dames. Um, the energy was not that bad. Again, it's still where I'm like, I'm not entirely sure. I'd be really interested to kind of hear internally what the vibe was for them after that game. Disappointed, but not heartbroken. I think it's hard to play in front of nobody for this long. I just, I get it. I really do. Um, I even thought last night, I was like, this is just not the same without (sighs) fans, you know, it's rough. Um, especially a cold game, a cold, dark game like that. It's just, you need somebody to be rooting you on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I, you know, I think that, uh, the only insight I can get from post game, I think from Rory Dames is just that ones that you can imagine, which is that I think that 
we are still seeing roster choices being made. You know, they do have a final roster, obviously, but if Chicago really wants to compete, um, they either need people to be producing different things or they need to shake it up again um, because they don't have an unlimited amount of time to make this work. And so I think that nobody got called out, you know, nothing specific, nothing like that, but more just like they saw the same game that we did and it's their job now to fix it. And so I think that they are, that is front of mind (laughs) right now. (laughs) You know, what? another quick turnaround uh, for challenge cup and the schedule that happens. So just to close out uh, the episode, we're going to hit y'all with the, the quick preview of the upcoming match. It's 420 baby. And uh, we've got Kansas city coming on into Chicago to take on the Red Stars once again at SeatGeek. So that's Tuesday, April 20th. I don't know. I think when it comes to Kansas City, we have one game, right, to go off of, and it was uh, quite a game against (laughs) Portland Thorns that they had. Um, Here's what we know. Uh, Chris and Edmonds will not be a part of that. She's a veteran piece of their uh, – Backline, I guess. Uh, when they acquired her, spoke to Hugh Williams and some media availability, and I asked him about somebody like Kristen Emmett specifically, and he immediately sort of viewed her as his utility knife, versatile player. He liked that he can play her anywhere on any of the lines. And in that first game, we saw her at the outside back position against Portland. So she will be unavailable um, for this match based on the red card suspension and additional games that she was issued by the disciplinary committee. Um, But we also know that they've got somebody like Amy Rodriguez, who is a veteran forward of this league, who will make something out of nothing happen and can score on you from different areas of the box, quite frankly. And um, somebody like Michelle Vasconcelos, who that the Red Stars are not unfamiliar with, um, she looked like she had a good run out against Portland on that day. Uh, she looks like she's got her legs back under her again. Uh, so I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at the Red Stars defense and I'm looking at that top line at Kansas yeah. City. And I'm wondering if that's where the battle is going to be for this match. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot will come down to who's available for Chicago. Um, obviously, the U.S. players should be back in market this weekend. Um, you know, I don't know who will exactly be available for Tuesday. I don't know what Chicago's recovery plan is. It's going to be very cold. It's going to, it's like a high of 41. Yeah. It might we got to talk about that too. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be some pretty crummy weather conditions. And, cold and snow. And, and we also don't know exactly um, for Kayla Sharples. We don't know. I think what, what her timeline is either. Cause I, I would, you know, you don't know if she is someone who is, is dealing with, with COVID or, or was a close contact or what exactly that was. So we don't, we won't know that until we'll probably get more information over the weekend. Once we find out what the league has to say about their COVID testing for the week, cause they only just released those on Saturdays. And then um, we'll get more information on Monday Uh, before the Tuesday game. So what they have available to them in defense is going to be really important. I mean, someone like Tatum Malazzo, uh, she played a full, you know, she played a lot of minutes uh, on Thursday 
you don't necessarily ask a rookie to flip and do that on a Tuesday again. That's not necessarily great um, for for that player. So I don't know what they end up doing in the defense. Um, and then, I mean, they have, a, as always, a wealth of options in the midfield and the offense. But what that's going to be, again, no idea. Maybe they do do an actual 4-4-2 this time. I have no clue. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I know um, I know we're keeping our eyes on the weather <laughs> yeah. uh, for this match. <clears throat> it's uh, hard to play in it and uh, hard to cover it sometimes uh, yeah. with that open air, <laughs> with that open air uh, press box. Uh, so we will keep everyone posted on our shenanigans and how we're feeling that day since we're both now post-vax and still kind of dealing with that. Um, but... Yeah, I almost feel like maybe this at this point might be a little bit of a redundant question, but Claire, who who on the rest stars has to have an impact in this game? Who has to have an impact? Um, I keep, you know, actually, I, I was thinking about this last night as I was like driving home from from the game of just like what player gets that first goal and everyone feels good about it. You know what I mean? Because. If it's Casey Kruger, I'm not sure I still feel great about that. Or, you know what I mean? Um, and, or, or, you know, there's, there's a certain number of people that you need to start producing first, right? Um, and so I think that I need, I just need Kaylee Watt to get one. I mean, I think that this is where also you just have to be really careful because these first two games have not gone super great and you're playing a brand new team. And if you can't score against that team, I, that starts to mess with your head a little bit. And so I think that this is the game where the players that were brought in to score need to score. And so I'm not even talking about the midfield. If the midfield score is great, good for them. God bless. But yeah, I need, I need a forward who was hired by the Red Stars to score goals, to score a goal. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I think all the eyes are on the forwards mm-hmm. uh, at this point. Um, I think that's what we were, when we're talking about silver linings, I think that's what we were left with yeah, out of this yeah. game. We know who the defense is and who they are. Yeah, They're yeah. exactly who you thought they were. They're good. Um, Claire said it best in her recap. If you haven't had the chance to read it, go and read it now. Um, we know who they are. And you, at the same time, cannot expect them to never, ever concede. It's yeah. just not, that's just not how soccer works. Sometimes. Right. Yeah. Um, so go and read that if you haven't. Um, but same, I would also echo a similar sentiment for the midfield. Um, we know who the midfield is. Yeah. They've been who they are for years for Chicago. Um, players like Colaprico, players like DiBernardi, and now Gatra, who's had a number of uh, seasons, you know, with the Red Stars. Now, in addition, you know, having the return of Nikki Stanley or right. the addition of Sarah Waldman, who, despite you know this being her first year with the Red Stars, is not is not unfamiliar to midfield play in this league. Mm-hmm. That's part of why they acquired her. In addition to wanting to be closer to home, so um, yeah, I would echo the similar sentiment for for the midfield. We, you know, you know who the Red Stars are when you're looking at those two lines. And at this point, I think week in and week out until we start seeing it, our player impacts are always going to be the forwards. So I'm yep. right there with you. Um, so yeah, here's to um, here's to blazing it up 
here's to uh, having a good time. Here's to like maybe some good vibes, you know, just like shake off. Yeah. Shake off the joy a little bit. Uh, You know, if you are not someone who uh, participates in 420, hey, there's plenty of non 420 treats available for you to enjoy. Just snack. Just snack if that's what you're into. It's all it's all good. Good vibes only. And that's what we want to manifest for the Chicago Red Stars coming up on this next game. Let's get some goals. Let's get some wins. Let's talk about that first goal. Let's talk about that first win of 2021. Hopefully, that is what we will be back next week doing for all of you. Folks, thanks so much for your time and your support. As always, listening to our travels and our ramblings and our criticisms and our analysis and our love for the Chicago Red Stars. Uh, if you like what you hear, I just want you to know that there's a number of ways for you to continue our, the support of our content. The best way to do that is directly uh, through our patron. Uh, find a subscription that works for you. That We have all sorts of tiers starting from $2 all the way to $25. And, uh, you know, they have all kinds of perks. So whichever one you like, sign on up. If you can't, we understand times are hard for everybody. We understand that. And I just want to let you know that there are a multitude of other ways to continue your support. And you can do that by following us on social media channels like Twitter and Instagram. You can do that at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. And you can also find us on streaming services like Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. So go ahead and find us, like us, uh, subscribe, leave us a rating and a review. That stuff helps us out tremendously whenever we are making Chicago Red Stars content for you all. So everybody continue to make good choices, continue to wear your mask, wash your hands, keep your distance, get vaccinated when you are eligible and able, and, uh, you know, continue your support and uh, protect Black players and Black life. And uh, we'll be back with everybody next week.